Hey, and welcome to another episode of Girls to the Front, the podcast where I show up in the hope that it will empower and inspire others to turn up the volume and take up space. Do you know what? It's episode 29 and we have never had a tagline to introduce the podcast. I normally just dive straight straight in with like a awkward like, hi. Uh, so um, I'm going to try and put in a tagline. It would make it more coherent and you would understand why I do this podcast. So yeah, I do this podcast because I hope that me showing up every other week is inspiration and it shows other people that they can do this exact thing. Like I'm not gatekeeping a podcast. I'm not gatekeeping anything I do. I am just showing you that if I can do it, then you definitely should and you definitely can do it as well. So yeah, it's fine that it only took 29 episodes to get that across. But yeah, there we go. Perfect. Starting the podcast in a coherent-ish way. I am going to start the podcast this week with the shit. I'm going to talk about some shit going on in the world right now that I think we should be paying attention to, but equally I kind of have a hard time addressing it because I don't just want this to become a thing where we just talk about all the shit that happens in the world that bothers girls and it impacts girls and then we become so overwhelmed by trying to find solutions to these problems or we just become so overwhelmed with bad news that it's just all doom and gloom. But I feel like we need to talk about it and we do need to address it. I want to create like a safe space where we feel like we can do these things. So why not make it on this podcast? So yeah, I'm going to start with the shit this week. Um, I mean, you can't avoid that there's a lot of heavy stuff going on in the world right now. And a lot of it is like, I'm. it's the fucking, like a lot of it is the patriarchy, I guess, um, you know, there's okay so let's just talk about so Andrew Tate we've had the news that there has been a serial rapist within the Met that has just gone unchallenged um, and has allowed to have access and has allowed to use his power to coerce and um, just take advantage of vulnerable people when he's in a huge position of power and he should ultimately his job is to protect well, that is what the caveat of the police is to do, is supposed to protect us. Um, and within that caveat, he's used, he's exploited that position to uh, fucking feed an abhorrent thing that he needs to do. So it's overwhelmingly shit. Um, it comes out and, you know, I had it like I had a news notification on my phone earlier. I really need to turn news notifications off because it has the power to completely swing my mood. But there was a notification earlier that was like, oh, so um, off the back of David Carrick coming out and it being proven that he is a serial rapist, the Met are going to decide that they're going to they're going to vet people that uh, want to be in the police force. And my immediate thing is, why the fuck are we not doing this already? Like, why are we allowing just people to walk into positions of power without acknowledging if they should be in positions of power already? Like, I think there should be an if you want to be in the police. If you want to be uh, in a position, I don't know, with the police that involves you having to deal with a lot of heavy stuff. It involves you having to um, assume roles and responsibilities that I just don't think are for everyone. As a human being, it's a lot to take on. So I feel like there should be some psychological vetting, just some psychological vetting from the start. Like, are you mentally stable enough to do this job? A and one. 
being two, should you do this job? Like just some really, you know, basic background checks. Maybe talk to some people that knew that know you. You know, just go in on some level that's just deeper than someone filling in an application form. I am now speak right. Someone fact check me because I could be completely wrong. And actually, there's a really strict vetting process. And actually, what the Met are talking about is improving this vetting service. But I just think that, like, if this is news, if if vetting people that are going into the police force to protect and to serve other human beings, if this is news, I I am mind blown that these that these people are just allowed to to do this job. Like, I am deeply concerned <laughs> that this hasn't been going on anyway. But yeah, so there's a lot of shit coming out in the world. It's a lot of it is fueled by misogyny. You know, the Andrew Tate stuff is essentially like misogyny amplified to a point where he genuinely believes that because of his biological parts, he has the right to own and to dictate what other human beings do with their bodies. He sees women as objects, as possessions. You know, I don't want to go in, I I don't want to platform Andrew Tate. I don't want to like give him any voice on this platform, which is, is also designed to kind of empower and have, give young people a voice. So I don't want to give him a voice on this, but it's, the fact that he's allowed to exist and you know that it comes that that kind of level of misogyny is still tolerated and that we still have those beliefs and that he is actually inspiring a generation of young men to follow in his footsteps and to sign up to what he wants to do is a really shit state of affairs and a really frustrating and dire picture of the world that we currently currently live in and it this is why I don't want to dive into it because I end up just getting so fueled with rage that I become really inarticulate because I'm just like like it almost kind of uh paralyzes me because I get so annoyed when I get annoyed I find it really hard to formulate like coherent sentences because I'm just fueled with emotion. I say it all the time. I am someone that wears their heart on their sleeve. You can see the emotions written across my face. And sometimes I find it really hard to kind of way past that and to make sentences. You'll just see me become really angry. Um, And on that note, I think how you look at these two things, you sit in like two camps and that's not, you know, I don't want to polarize the situation, but I feel like there are two distinct camps within this. So camp number one is the really angry camp. And then camp number two is the kind of why camp. And there's plus, there's positives and negatives to sit in either or. Um, I like to think that I kind of sit in the middle. I may sway over to one side every now and then. And I think we should sit in the middle of those two camps. But I think that for me, that like sitting in that anger like camp, I'm so fucking fed up that I have to discuss these topics and that I have to speak to young girls about, you know, misogyny and the hate-fueled comments that other people make around people's gender and decisions and bodies and autonomy. I get so angry about it that this is just stuff that we have to discuss. And then, yeah, that leads me to saying, like, it just leads me to being like a ball of anger. And like I said, like, it leads me to being incoherent. And I get really frustrated myself for doing that. But also I'm like, 
why can't I be fucking angry about this? Like, why can't you just let me feel this emotion? Like, let me feel rage. I am like, it's really hard as a woman to feel anger and not try to be talked down by someone. I think anger as an emotion for, for, for women is something that people see as, um, I don't know. I'd see if you're an angry man, it's very much accepted. And actually you're like often put on a pedestal. I mean, look at Andrew Tate. He's just fueled by anger and rage and hatred. But some people are literally putting up there as like the pinnacle of humanity. But if I get angry, then it's like, uh, oh, come off it. Like stop being angry. You're so angry. You're so combative. How you don't have an opinion. Just calm down. Like, why should I have to calm down about people having a say on how I live my life and how other people live their lives? When I am trying really hard to change the world, it's like, it really, really frustrates me. I think I have every right to be angry. I think a whole generation of young women have the right to be angry. So let us be angry and let us try and formulate our opinions and try and fuel some change based off that emotion without people coming in and telling us to calm down because that is like a it really kind of what's the word it really kind of diminishes the point and it also is a really like horrible way of trying to make you feel stupid like when I'm told to calm down, when I'm mid-flow of a conversation or when I'm kind of really fired up about something is like, it really makes me feel really childish and it makes me feel really small. And I, I hate that. It's like the kind of, it's like, uh, I can't explain it, but I just think, why can't we be angry about this? Because when you see men be angry or when you see another gender be angry about this or about certain topics, it's often celebrated and they're just told they're really passionate. And, you know, that anger is is seen as like, well, actually they just want a change. They're trying to inspire people. So they're, they're using that anger. So there's not to say that young girls and women aren't using that anger in the same way, but you, we're just constantly told, just be, just calm down, like, just let it go, you know, so there's that camp, and then there's the other camp, which I think is kind of like, there's an element of people, the the calm down people in the angry camp that sit within this, so there's, and I think that this is a complete, I think we should take parts of this, but it's like the people that try and um, rationalize that behavior, or try and uh, find a why to it, so I completely agree that we should find a why to lots of people's behavior because it helps us understand it. It helps us elicit change. Um, So for example, if we understand why Andrew Tate has such a fan base and why Andrew Tate thinks the way that he thinks. So Andrew Tate, his whole persona is based off the fact that he uh, looks a certain way, he acts a certain way and he is a measure of societal success. So look at all his possessions, look at how much money he projects out into the world, look at that whole kind of persona of, um, I own everything, um, this is my measure of success, like this is this is how to be a successful man. It is really hard as a young man in this world who is told that these are the measures of success, not to look at Andrew Tate as someone that is like essentially 
aspirational and a role model because he has everything that society says oh this is what you should this is what you should look like this is what you should do so if you can understand why that happens you can kind of see where society fails a generation you can kind of see why and where we fail as humans to um to not let ridiculous measures of success and other people's expectations and standards like it allows us to understand why that's problematic and why those things need to change and how maybe if we start raising a generation of people who value compassion who value empathy who understand equality and equity um why we would end up with a much kind of better it's not better yeah is better the right word i don't know if that's the right word but you would have like uh uh, a hum like a humans that can coexist and allow each other to thrive um so when you try and unpick and unpack the why it does become a massive headache because it's often like well where do i where do i start with this i have absolutely no idea where i start with this um but you get to kind of understand why that's happening um so for me a lot of the time i have to take a step back from the anger that i initially feel and uh i have to kind of take a second and try and understand why these things have been allowed to happen you know um how a lot of it is so institutionalized and so patriarchal that it's just gone under the radar for so long because that's just how we exist and we do it unchallengingly because we just don't know it's happening because we are we are so conditioned to accept it that we are like, oh, okay, yeah, I didn't even notice that was happening because we are so conditioned to just allow people to say things, to act a certain way. Um, so yeah, so just understanding kind of why, but then I think there are certain people within that that use that to kind of, uh, to rationalize and to kind of sweep those issues under the carpet. So if you're like, well, you know, it's a patriarchal thing that, we allow men to act in a certain way and to say certain things unchallengingly so for example David Carrick has obviously been saying like that if you can go in your life and abuse that many women and not have said abhorrent things or there have been no red flags then uh <laughs> it's like there's no way essentially that could have happened um but we allow these things to go unchallenged because it's just part of the norm you know because that's the language that we use that certain people use and that we don't challenge it which we should do way more of um you know but people will use that to kind of say well it was not my problem it wasn't me that should fix it you know we don't want to end up shouting at each other we just want to kind of live and just coexist and just these things we just allow them to happen because you know it's not my problem to fix it's not going to impact me how do I fix this um so but that why is how things will change and if more people want to help fix those things then we have to understand the why so for me I often have to take I start off in that angry camp and then I have to take a step back and then understand the why um but eventually like I think coming together and using those two schools of thoughts can be like the most powerful way of trying to to change the world essentially but um it's it's just really shit <laughs> that these things do exist but 
we have to kind of understand that we have a level of ownership on this and that to to stop these things from happening we have to challenge behavior way more we have to understand that you know if you are myself or older you have to understand that there are people looking up to you as role models so you have to act a certain way you have to challenge things it's all about like aligning your actions with your values and your values no your values with your actions so if you're someone that believes that we should live in a safe world where people can do and behave in the ways that they want and have full autonomy over their bodies then that's how you should live your life you should challenge those that don't sit within that school of thought you should not engage in certain language you should um facilitate conversations all that sort of stuff but just knowing that you know we have a role to play in this we can stop platforming abhorrent humans like it's super easy just we should just stop sharing it and this is where I find it really difficult sometimes is because I don't want to just keep platforming shit behavior I don't want it to end up that I am just like, hey, like I run a thing called Girls to the Front, but I just fucking raise awareness of why girls uh, aren't at the front at the moment, as opposed to like trying to put and facilitate girls getting to the front. It's really difficult. I've got to sit with this a little bit longer, but these are just some initial thoughts that I have over it. But yeah, it's just, sometimes you just have lots of reminders that the world isn't perfect and I am definitely guilty of being a blue sky thinker and I definitely sit within an echo chamber of good humans that I have surrounded myself with and I can often easily forget that outside of that echo chamber not everyone thinks and acts like me and the other humans in my life so so yeah it's um it's really challenging like I understand that these are really big and heavy topics so I would love I'm gonna say that like you know I'm open to conversations around this you know if you're listening to this now and you've got some thoughts and emotions that you want to share then please like message me or reach out to your friends and talk about it with your friends do some research yourself um there's lots of resources out there and that's I think something going forward that I'm going to try and share um there's lots of resources out there that will talk um would, there's a particular Instagram account I follow at the moment but I can't think of the name but I will share it um, as a follow-up to this podcast maybe I'll put it in the show notes the Instagram account I'm talking about but there are lots of um, like social media accounts so for all of the doom and the shit projected on social media there is actually a lot of other resources and lots of other great accounts that talk about how you can be a lighthouse in these situations you can challenge behavior you can be the light that the world needs you know you can be a leader in this space so um, yeah like it's it's all fucking shit sometimes but you can rise above that and change the world you know you're not too small to make a difference so just you talking about it can help five people in your life talk about it and challenge it and then those five people could help 10 people so yeah you can help snowball this into action so yeah I'm gonna I started off talking about some shit (laughs) um but I feel like I needed and I have to talk about that shit and yeah otherwise I'll explode (laughs) and also I feel like there are lots of people around me that will explode without having that catalyst and that prompt for conversation so so yeah so lots of work still to be done and on that note like 
Um, a few months ago, I put about being like a work in progress and like on my, on the Girls for Front Instagram and about how like, you know, as much as I project that I have my shit together and I try and, uh, be a leader almost, like there are lots of ways that I fall down. So yesterday, for example, I had just had like the biggest wave of overwhelm hit and consume me. I think sometimes I put too much emphasis on me being alone in trying to change the world and that's not the case at all but I put a lot of emphasis on me being like uh like a big part of changing the world and that I have to create stuff and I have to do this and I have to talk about this and you know I need to challenge this and I need to talk about this and then I, oh, I need to do this and it becomes super overwhelming and then I just won't do anything because I'm so overwhelmed so yesterday I had one of those massive waves of overwhelm and I then wrote another Instagram post yesterday which was around we're just hardwired to talk shit about ourselves and to consider ourselves as like alone in those feelings you know society is designed to just make you so self-critical it is not very common for people to kind of love themselves and to talk about themselves really highly so I was having one of those days yesterday where I was just like I don't know like I just felt like am I am I the right person to be to be doing this am I the right person to have the girls to the front Instagram should someone else do it like am I the right person to be putting on in-person sessions uh am I the right person for these girls to have in their life you know it's just all these sorts of things and then you know I then asked uh I asked Owen to film me train because I was like okay I've got a real idea um this is what I'm gonna do um which I then did not do because I felt like I had something else to say instead but even when I was putting that like looking at the footage from that there are so many things that I was like picking up about myself and then I was like overthinking like why I was why had I asked him to film and there's all these sort of questions where I'm being so so negative about myself and my self-talk is so I just had to like step away and be like what what am I doing what am I doing like why what has got into my head that has just led me to have this level of self-criticism and self-sabotage today um so I guess the Instagram post was kind of all those feelings then combined and the idea that I just need to keep showing up because I need to show up for myself because I love doing this. I love, I love creating stuff. I love sharing stuff. I love having those conversations. I love the feedback. I love, um, I love this, like whatever, everything this is about. Like I really, I feel so passionately about and so deeply about that I just need to keep showing up because it's what I want to do. Like it's, I feel like it's my purpose is to, you know, uh, give people a voice to empower them and advocate for them and all this sort of stuff. Like if I didn't, do this and if I didn't keep showing up and if I let that self-sabotage happened happen then I feel like I'd be an inherently really sad person because I would not be doing something I would not be doing my life's work <laughs> essentially I would not be doing it what I was best what I'm best placed to do um 
but also I need to keep showing up because other people need me to show up and like that sentence in itself is really difficult for me to say because I feel like there's a level of arrogance and ego to it but that's not how I mean it I mean that other people don't just need me to show up but they need everyone to show up and they need everyone to kind of talk they need everyone to just be authentically themselves because you don't know who you're helping by just showing up and even on your bad days where you show up and you might walk into a space and and cry and explain that you're super overwhelmed and that all you've wanted to do for the last three weeks is just have this massive flow of emotion by doing that someone else might be like fuck so do I (laughs) I need to do this and you're just normalizing feeling feelings and feeling emotional and that's totally fine but sometimes we need other people to show up and show that too and then we can we can be like oh yes okay I need to let go too but also we need people to show up on their good days too we need people to show off their like best work we need people to show off like what they can do and what they're capable of because it's super inspirational to see people doing amazing stuff like yesterday when I walked into the gym I saw my friend Angharad like she had this little space created and I could just see how like happy she was and like everything about just her showing up and be present and being present yesterday was like super inspiring on a level to me because I was like fuck like I need to match Ang Hara's energy today because like she is in such a good mood and like if she hadn't have walked in that day I think my wave of overwhelm would have been infinitely more overwhelming and consumed I think I would have felt like I was drowning yesterday but because she was just being such a beacon of light because she had just shown up it was super helpful to me to like feed off that energy so on your good days and on your bad days you just need to show up and like um me again so I'm gonna go back to Owen but so there's a phrase there's like a thing that me and Owen talk that noise was my dog not me cheers mate um there's a phrase that me and Owen use which is chop wood carry water it's like it's a proverb it's a Chinese proverb that talks about like before enlightenment chop wood carry water after enlightenment chop wood carry water it's the idea that you just do the everyday you just do the mundane because you'll reach a point of enlightenment And then you just carry on doing it because there is so much beauty and there is so much incredible shit in the everyday that people overlook. Like for some people, turning up to work on time is such a challenge, but it's like the everyday and documenting that and making note of that is huge. And like, I think, I think it's why I love the kind of whole ethos around chocolate carry water is because who you are and all the everyday stuff that you think is overlooked by a lot of people that's what your superpowers are and that's what makes people want to hang around with you because let's be honest you are not on your a game a hundred percent of the time all the time with the people that you have in your life but 
because you show up every day and you do what you do, that is more why people are attracted to being around you. And if you are someone that aligns your actions with your values, it is super clear for people to see like that you're authentic and that what you see is what you get and it makes people just want to be around you. So I get, maybe again, I'm just documenting this for my own thoughts, but if I'm documenting for my own thoughts, then this is, this is like inception in a podcast. Cause I'm like talking about showing up <laughs> because you need, cause someone else might need it, but then being like, I need this today, but I'm showing up <laughs> because other people might need it. But yeah, like, um, I think I need to sometimes zoom out. I look at everything under like I, the attention to detail that I have on certain things in my life is like next level. And I'm super precious about certain aspects of my work. And I often, for that reason, need to have a level of control over it and won't let other people help me. But I need to allow people to do the work there is people that have done the work for me I don't need to replicate it I just need to celebrate that too and raise the volume and allow people to yeah allow people in um but yeah I think it's just the idea that we are so conditioned to shit talk ourselves that we don't we underestimate the power of just showing up and being authentically ourselves so yeah there's magic in your authentic self like just lean into it show up all the time do the thing just yeah exist turn up the volume take up space everything I always talk about but yeah like because you because you don't know who that's gonna help so yeah so that's today's podcast um <laughs> yeah um I hope there's something to take away from that but like I said earlier on um as always like I'd love to open up conversations about this I would love people to discuss it not just with me but also discuss it with other people in your lives use it as a talking point because yeah um yeah you're not too small to make a difference and by that I mean you're not too small to make a difference in terms of what I spoke about at the start you're not too small to make a difference in the way that people um in in challenging people in challenging current like norm like what we understand is like normative behavior and normative language at the moment you're not too small to make a difference in like turning the tide on that you're not too small to you're not too small to make a difference in like actually changing the world around you to be a much more equal and equitable equitable space like you have the power to do that um but also you're not too small to make a difference in that just showing up every day being yourself that's not too small to make a difference to someone else as well so so yeah okay on to what I've been listening to uh my music uh my music corner for this week um I have realized <laughs> that I love music with huge huge build-ups and huge huge parts to them um I I watched a live uh I watched Erica Frias 
uh, on uh, Instagram Live. I think it was just before Christmas. Um, which fueled and sparked my love of Reviver. Um, like phenomenal, like, oh, like I just don't know how to explain it. But yeah, um, I listened to nothing but Reviver, I think, for like two weeks post that live because it was just magic. Um, and then as a result of that, uh, found Latterman. They'd been on my, like, I guess I have like I have like a to be listened list but I don't execute on it because sometimes I feel like things deserve like full attention so once a month now I've been going to Cardiff for a work meeting in my adult job and I've been stocking up a lot of music and a lot of things to like listen to on the train journey and while I'm walking around Cardiff because I feel like I can be like fully present um like I can actually like fully listen to it like I have a reason to be like listening to music but being aware of it so I was saving Latterman for when I was on this journey so the lead singer from Reviver sang in Latterman before um and yeah like I again I found like another band that like speaks to me on like a different level um so yeah the song I'll recommend is Yo Get Into It by Latterman like if you like I just again every week I'm like this song hits my heart but this song hits my heart um and I just want to go back to I learned last year that like my favorite music exists and I don't even know about it yet because I have only just pulled this pin on like a huge amount of music and a whole kind of like genre of music and a whole like a whole thing that I just had no idea existed um so I'm like like I'm exploring it and it's super exciting um but yeah so everything that I'm finding within that is literally like heart-hittingly like amazing so so yes that's gonna be something that I'm gonna share I think everyone should listen to this song if you don't like it please don't tell me because it'll crush my soul like I have no interest in and as much as I love open honest conversations I don't want to hear your opinion if you don't like this song. So yeah, but also this week, um, I want to recommend a podcast. So um, there's a podcast called, um, you, um, it's called Maintenance Phase. Um, it is a podcast that debunks a lot of, um, or at least tries to challenge a lot of preconceived ideas. It talks a lot around diet culture, but it talks a, ro- a lot around health and well-being, and it will debunk and present facts as to why what we kind of take for granted and also p- people in positions of power that we just take for granted and we've uh, like kind of uncritically accepted as like leaders in spaces or we've uncritically accepted as like experts in the field. They're really good at presenting facts and discussing those topics on um, a big on a kind of big level but also on like a micro level too um I find that it's also a really good check-in with myself because um like the episode that they've just released talks about our biases towards fat people cheers dags um talks about our biases towards fat people and um I needed a check-in with this and they often will record episodes that make you kind of check in with your biases and it makes you check in with lots of stuff that you might have just left unchallenged in your life. Um, 
So yeah, a really good check-in point, a really good pause point, and a really good way of some of the stuff that we've been just told to accept in terms of the health and well-being sphere. Um, yeah, highly recommend. Definitely think you should go listen to. So there's two recommendations from me this week. So yeah, um, on that note, uh, yeah, go and have an awesome rest of your week. Um, yeah, that's it. Yeah.